0: Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Is it Friday yet? Is almost, it Friday yet? Almost. <sighs> okay, we're going to make it through. We're going to power through into Memorial Day weekend. We've got today and one more day. Stuber gear. what's the top story? Uh,
1: Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is calling her own voters' um, intelligence into question, uh, and uh, I, think it's, I think it's wrong of her.
0: Okay, all right. Jason Buttrell, I feel like I just saw you early this you morning. Ju-
2: and you just heard the rant that I'm about to give. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Devin Nunes said something yesterday that sent me off down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theory mayhem. And I'm going to give the equivalent of a Glenbeck chalkboard on this little piece of paper
0: oh and gosh. hopefully
2: condense it into five minutes.
0: All right, thank you. Alex Jones, uh, Andrew Heaton from Something's Off with Andrew Heaton. Hello, Hello. and happy
2: Friday to you. <laughs> Uh, I,
3: I have not been paying attention to dates, I just woke up. <laughs> they, just, they just shoved me onto set. They're like, talk about stuff, all right. Uh, there is a politician in Utah, a Republican politician, who came out of the closet, and I'm gonna talk about that, and I'm going to use that as a prediction to where I think social conservatism, social conservatism is going to go in the next few years. All like right. it It'll be interesting. All
0: right. Okay, a lot to get into. First, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. Um, so there are a lot of people who say that they're a real estate agent, including Jason's handyman, who <laughs> has a real estate agent number, license number at the bottom of his handyman card. Um, Jason, nothing against your handyman. <laughs> I just personally don't suggest using your handyman as your
2: real estate agent. I agree. I'm in agreement.
0: The guy who fixes your toilet probably shouldn't be the guy who uh, sells your house. It's just the biggest investment you're probably ever going to make in your life. No big. Um, so Glenn started real estate agents dot com um, because, you know Stu and Glenn're in radio. They move around all the time. And he noticed, you know, what the top real estate agents all had in common. Um, so he has this team and they vet. All of these real estate agents so that you don't have to. So wherever you are across the country, they have a real estate agent where you are located. And, you know, they are experts in the field. They do it full time. They share your values. They know where your family is going to, you know, be safest and where your family is going to be happiest. So you can go to realestateagentsitrust.com. There is a real estate agent near you wherever you are if you are looking to, uh, to buy or sell still.
1: Uh, AOC. Yeah, I'm, I'm my
0: girl AOC. I'm
1: trying to suck people in with the AOC because people like uh, like it. Although oh. it's, it's, this is actually kind of a, a different topic entirely. Ah. Oh. Uh, I know, but <laughs> let me start with her. Uh, so she kind of famously came out and said, "Hey, we have 12 years to survive global warming. The world ends in 12 years." Um, and again, they, they I think they told they used to say Glenn was a, was an apocalyptic guy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it's amazing <laughs> how they they skate free on this one. Like. We used to have Stephen Colbert doing segments, and and you know, like just bashing Glenn because he he thought there was a caliphate coming uh, with ISIS, which wound up huh. happening for a while. It's kind of mm. an interesting part of that story, uh, but. Global warming—you could say anything—is going to happen. Everyone on the earth is going to die, and in, in, in a very short period of time.
0: And, and by the way, really quickly, ju- it's not just that they overlook her comments; they actually—they mm-hmm. also repeat them and recite them as yes, well. Yes,
1: very much, yeah. very much so. So, uh, AOC said, "You know, 12 years we have until uh, the, the world is going to end." Is kind of the way she phrased it. And, and while that's kind of a loose phrasing, she did uh, over and over again repeat the claim that there's 12 years uh, left uh, for us it, to. It,
0: 12 years is very specific.
1: Very, very specific. Yeah. And you think, me? She must be referring to something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, uh, kind of. So she eventually got hammered on this so often uh, because it's not, you know, exactly clear what she's trying to say. So she came out and said this. So this is a technique of the GOP to take dry humor and sarcasm literally and fact check it, like the world ending in 12 years thing. You'd have to have the social intelligence of a sea sponge to think it's literal. Now, again, when you're saying the number 12, like it's not 10 years or you know, five years, like it's very specific. She's obviously referring to something. Um, That I kind of did think, I mean, I understand end of the world as opposed to um, a tipping point where we'll no longer be able to control is a little bit of a difference. Right. Um, But in reality, that's what she was saying. It was 12 years and she was trying to get to some part of this. Well, the idea that if you're, you have the social intelligence of a sea sponge, uh, if you believe that and take that literally, is sort of a problem because uh, a new poll is out and two-thirds of Democratic voters do take it literally. <laughs> 67% uh, think the U.S. has exactly 12 years to fight global warming or we hit a tipping point that goes over, over and over again. It's it's an interesting thing, and it's it's one of these talking points. I think is fascinating because it's just been repeated a bunch of times, and because it's not ten or it's not soon or it's not next century, it's twelve years. It kind of sounds official, like it's kind of like sounds like it probably means something, Um, and people do take it seriously. If you are uh, worried about what's going on with global warming, like I mean that's that's a totally fine position, and it is in in the position of the report they're talking about, Mm -hmm. which there was a report. Um, but it does not say what they're saying that that it says. Um, In fact, um, Beto O'Rourke went down this road as well. He was also saying 12 years, and you can tell when they're all (laughs) repeating the exact same number and the exact same claim, they obviously think it's tied to something. Well, here's what it's tied to. Here's O'Rourke's claim on global warming. says, this is our final chance. The scientists are absolutely unanimous on this, that we have no more than 12 years to take incredibly bold action on this crisis. This is uh, him in uh, Iowa uh, a few weeks ago. So uh, what does the AP fact check say? There is no scientific consensus, much less unanimity, (laughs) that the planet only has 12 years left to fix the problem. AP actually said that. Yes, they did. And and they decided to go to, I don't know, the people who actually did the report. Here they are. James Skay says, glad to clear this up. Co-chairman of the report and professor of sustainable energy at Imperial College London told the Associated Press, the panel did not say that we have 12 years left to save the world. And if you thought maybe this is a renegade rogue guy on this particular uh, beat, No. Here's another one. This has been a persistent source of confusion, agreed Christy L. Uh, Ebby, director of the Center for Health and Global Environment at the University of Washington, Seattle. The report never said that we only have 12 years left. (laughs) I think this is important because and this is not, unfortunately, just something you can say about the left. It it does happen on both sides. People get a hold of these little bits of information. and We kind of treat them as true and never go back to skeptically look at the source or understand the context of it. I mean, to be fair, the context of that report is, hey, global warming's an issue, like they think it is going to be a problem. Um, and so that is an okay thing for a left, you know, leftist politician or any politician to to come out and talk about. But this constant escalation towards the incredible panic that needs to occur, because my opinion is so right and no one else should be listened to, it is a real problem in our discourse on both sides. Global warming to me is the clearest example of it because the, it, you know, racism is really bad, like um, you know, uh, you know, income inequality and, and, and pay, pay equity and all of these things that we talk about are bad, but like global warming is just so clear. It's the entire population of the globe being wiped out in one way or another. Like, everyone's underwater. You know, like, it's it's so over the top with the rhetoric. And I think, honestly, people who actually, you know, are of a sane mind mind on global warming would be much better served by just actually expressing what the reports say. Instead, they have to constantly turn up the volume of of these uh, warnings. And it's to a point where they've been, many of them have been, you know, Quote it like the scientists on the record saying we have to turn up that we have to make these bold claims sweeping claims and not show signs of uncertainty because if we show signs of uncertainty then people won't listen to us. I think it's the opposite and changing cha- and changing the rhetoric is kind of funny on how they they turn up the
2: the temperature on our keep people focused on it and it's, it's interesting there was a, there was another story that came out I think it was either today or yesterday. About how who was it? It was um, oh, it was NPR had changed their uh, their wordage on on, the, on abortion mm-hmm. to make it to where it com- oh, yeah. didn't sound mm-hmm. as it, th- just absolutely insane. Like
0: an- anti-pro-life,
2: right? Basically. You couldn't say you couldn't say "unborn baby." You had to say "fetus." Mm-hmm. You know, think, think, things like that. It was absolutely ridiculous. But the climate agenda has done the exact same thing. Um, back when this was first going on you know of course it was global warming everyone talked about global warming oh i'm sorry it was it was a global cooling or something or no, it, was it was cooling it, in the 70s but it was know. so yeah then it changed to global warming but they were like hey wait a minute so in our theory it first has to get cold then it's going to get hot so then they were like <laughs> well crap it's not going to get co-. they're like it's not getting colder um, so let's change everything to just climate change. Because yeah, eventually it will get warmer, but it's not going to get cold for a while and people are going to start noticing, wow, there's not an ice age going on. So, you know, what, what's, the, what's the deal? I mean, it is absolutely insane. So they're always, always changing the language just to redirect and make it seem like it's a more of an imminent threat.
0: Well, and Stu, you know, um, you talked about the scientists who... We've heard say, "Well, we have to make these bold accusations or these bold claims, or else Mm -hmm. you know people won't take us seriously." AOC, she's dumb, but (laughs) but I I mean she's doing this clearly to manipulate it as well. I think. Do you? That's a good question. I mean,
1: I I I don't. How, I'm
0: not asking. She, hey, how can Jason's you get in her laughing. mind? She, well, I, Jason's laughing, but I'm not asking. I mean, you don't have to comment on whether or not you find her dumb. <laughs> just I, whether I, or not you think she did it on purpose. I think
3: she's very smart about moving the Overton window in a yes. lot of things. Because if we don't talk, like, this might be what she's doing with global warming. If you, if you look at economics, she'll say, you know, we need to have a top marginal tax rate of, like, 400%. We're like, we dig up your grandma. <laughs> or something. Like, your grandma's done. We take your grandma's pearls out of the grave, right? And so it's like, that's crazy. All right, 50% top marginal right, tax rate, right? right? So, like, that's happening. So I, I think she's very clever about that. She's very at social media in that regard. Uh, Regarding the environmentalism, I would prefer she Quiet a little bit. I'm I'm more yes, in the panic-stricken are. camp. Yes. I'm and and like and I've been for a while now going, guys, listen, global warming's happening. There's a scientific consensus. We need to come up with a solution. It's not a plot to take over the economy. And then she's like, This is a great way to take over the economy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Don't
1: do that. Destroying <laughs> stuff off. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you yeah, you never answered my question. So it was. Uh, I, she's, do you think I she's, she's intentionally dumb, um, right? But do you think she's intentionally putting out the 12 years? just to do just like those scientists are doing. I mean, I don't... Knowing that it's false. Yeah,
1: I don't. I I think in this particular case, and I agree with your analysis generally uh, of of the sort of new sort of socialist uh, um, group of people that have come into Congress lately, and I I think they do that uh, often. This one, I think, honestly, she's just... Dumb. Uh, I was going to say unfamiliar. Uh, and I think, like, it is a, it's a talking point that goes around blogs. Like, if you kind of go, like, I think it, the the fair way to view Ilan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, it's He's very dumb. tempting to say the dumb thing. And I, I, I'm i kind of, like, a lot of times that's where I end up. Honestly, like, I'm just like, the, she's never even thought of these issues. I mean, Ilhan Omar said the iran Cortra affair in a speech. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, she's never even heard this term before. Well, Kortra's a great country. It's a great country. Uh, I think, though, fair more fairly is like you've got basically a think progress editor who's coming out of college and knows the generalized arguments of the left. You've got some person who you know, just got hired uh, right out of college. She's you know she's at the very base level writing for a blog and doing aggregation and putting in the left-wing viewpoints. She has general social mo- media level knowledge of these topics, but she has no real understanding of these arguments or where they're going. And that's why I think a lot of people look at her all the time and are like, where did she come from? You know, there's these, been these pieces where you're like, hey, she kind of got recruited out of nowhere. And who is she? She Just doesn't seem to know anything about these topics. I I could be some of that. I mean, I know some of those groups were involved in recruiting her. But like, when you get to the bottom end, she she just doesn't seem to have any depth, right? Like, it's like she is is able to quote the last thing she saw tweeted about global warming, which was probably twelve years until we die. Now, what, what she does well, I think, on social media is cover herself. She does. I mean, look, you know who else does this all the time is Trump. I was about right. to say, like, yes, there's a lot the same of parallels. I
0: don't think either of them do it well. No, I don't think so either. I think,
1: <laughs> I think this is a
3: place where, you know, we 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 tend to operate in a sphere of left and right. That tends to what we like. I'm I'm gonna posit a new paradigm for people yes. at home to think about, and that is gut thinkers and head thinkers. Yeah. Um, she's a gut thinker. She's not thinking in terms of actual policy application. She's like, I feel this thing. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bernie yeah. Sanders is that way. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren, who I'm not a fan of, more of a head person. She's coming up with John. G- 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 plans do it That's Trump for... very much a gut person mm-hmm. uh, Newt Gingrich very much a head person yeah. I would prefer to just expel all of the gut people yeah. I would like this is not a left right thing just if you're thinking with your gut like like show up to the rally show up to the protest but like like the head thinkers are the ones who should be making
2: policy yeah but, what, what, how I would differentiate someone from like AOC to like say Bernie Sanders is I can at least give, I can give Bernie Sanders a lot of credit because he actually believes these things like he truly believes his message hasn't changed since he ran for mayor in Vermont you know, like whatever city. Still he, he was pro-Soviet. At. It's yeah, very <laughs> yes. pro. Yes. Yeah, he's re- yeah, interest <laughs> not even there. He's still supporting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, he hasn't changed, and he's not trying to be anything. He is the the, the problem with ALC is I don't even, you know, kind of what you're saying. I don't even know if she's really. A democratic socialist. She was thrust
1: into don't a know. place that yes. she couldn't have imagined. She is right. I mean, like I, you know, again, she, she was a bartender, right? Like you get. She runs for Congress. She has. No, it's not difficult to beat the Republican in that race. She she kind of beats this candidate out of nowhere. Um, and she did, she actually did much better among white liberals than she did among minority groups when it comes to uh, when it comes to her actual election. Uh, she gets in, she gets thrust in here, and not only is she thrust in here, but she's thrust into like the leadership role of the party inexplicably, right? Like mm-hmm. and she's just not I mean, look, she's just not ready. Like maybe if she were to sit there and, and study for a very long time, you know, this the same sort of thing happened with Sarah Palin, right? Like, I mean, like Sarah Palin had a really, put her in the gut thinker camp. yeah, <laughs> but you, but I mean she had a good record, she had she had a lot of things she had accomplished in in Alaska, but she was just not ready. She wasn't studied enough to be able to go through a presidential campaign, and that's essentially the level of critique. AOC gets. I mean, I'm no, I'm no fan of her, but like. I think this would be difficult for anyone in the position she's in. Just most people would be quieter about it.
3: So do you, yeah. do you think then that like 10, 10, 15 years from now that she's going to be much more staid and much
1: more uh, you know, know. analytical and I all that kind th- of and stuff? I don't think Palin went that way either. Mm-hmm. You know, was, I think it was a big missed opportunity. It's, it wouldn't be a missed one for her too. She does have an opportunity, but I think more likely she's just going to run her mouth like crazy until people get so sick of her, even her own party, that she'll be tossed aside for I something. Th- yeah, I think I think it's difficult to set aside passion we when can- passion's working. Oh,
0: no, yeah. God. We can, yeah. we can only... Yeah. Hope yeah hope
1: yeah. that there is the end of <laughs> yeah. AOC
0: sometime in the near future. Back in a minute. I mean, it's just, it's just sad at some level. Like I, I, you know. You're nicer than I am. <laughs> Before we get to Jason's rant, I want to <laughs> thank our sponsor, FreedomWorks. Uh, they are doing really, really good work right now. Um, when it comes to what's going on in the, the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry. So, you know, diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancer, there are really horrific illnesses out there um, that are affecting a lot of Americans. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of funds and a lot of energy with America's doctors and researchers going and looking to see what they can do to cure them. Um, unfortunately, there's some really bad policies being floated around by HHS Secretary Alex Azar, and um, their government-managed bureaucratic approach is going to set U.S. medical innovation back decades. It's going to screw up the whole system. Basically, they want, you know, foreign foreigners to dictate the cost of American medicine. What could possibly go wrong yeah. when foreign countries uh, help do that? Price
1: controls are not usually something that can you know, Republicans look at positively, mm-hmm. uh, but they seem to like these a little bit. <clears throat> well, a farm bill.
0: Oh, God. So don't even get <laughs> started now. Here we go. Uh, but it's really, I mean, if you like socialism, cool. You'd probably like this policy. Uh, if you don't, which I hope is all of you, FreedomWorks needs your help. Go to uh, freedomworks.org slash news so you can tell Azar and Congress to fix patients, not prices before Americans suffer from shortages and wait times. Uh, you can go to freedomworks.org news uh, to help out with that. We need all of you guys to do that. All right, Jason, rant incoming.
2: It's... Happening now. So uh, this is a ton <laughs> of information, and some of this is not even going to make any sense because, like, I. As, oh, good.
0: So you really it, know how to tease the it's, audience. It's an <laughs> to the it's my
1: favorite part of the show. Yes.
0: Well, uh, so I'm going to go off of all, for a long time, him, and shot. you're not going to know what I'm talking I about at the that. end of it. And
1: then he started it with "It's happening." Like he's telling us the beginning of the story <laughs> is happening. Then the things he's going to say that don't make any sense. Well, th- let me let me explain that. So it's it's just so complicated because there's so many people
2: involved. There's so many things that will are so out there. You're like, what? Is that true? And it's all true. It's absolutely nuts. Um, I'm going to have to give a, most of this over to Oh, my to gosh. Glenn. Just get to I'm it. Feeling a Glenn Hurry up. Hurry no up. Way it's be I want a bit more prologue.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I need to I be can't. ushered into <laughs> this. My show. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so Devin Nunes said something yesterday. Uh, he said that um, the FBI and the CIA was hiding something on Joseph Massoud and that he expected something to come out on that sometime in the near future. Now, what the heck does he mean, and who the heck is Joseph Massoud? Do you guys remember who Joseph Massoud was? I don't. Yeah. So I know you know. I, yeah, I didn't we said this until this morning. This
0: morning. <laughs> so
2: Joseph Massoud is what the entire Russia collusion investigation is all centered on. This is the guy. He's the Maltese professor that oh, met Papadopoulos. Right. Great okay, film. I and great film. Um, so he met Papa D, and they. Uh, he's the one that said, "Hey, the Russians totally got all this. You know, all these you know thousands of emails from Hillary Clinton." Then Papa D, supposedly went to this you know Australian diplomat. He bragged about it, and then boom, the Russia investigation began. So. Everyone was, even if you read the Mueller report, it says that, you know, um, this Joseph Massoud has, you know, extensive Russian intelligence connections in the government and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, gosh, who the heck is, you know, Joseph Massoud? Well, right after this started coming out, Massoud just disappeared. He just straight disappeared. And people are like, oh, did the Russians, you know, off him because, you you know, he said too much and this wasn't supposed to come out yet? Well... Joseph Massoud's lawyer recently came out and and, and has been talking and saying, hey, look, there's a lot of this stuff that people are getting wrong. Um, He actually made a quote. Is that up right now? Let me read this. He said this is a quote from from Massoud's lawyer. He said, Massoud is not a Russian spy. He is the victim. He, uh, he, He hid in asylum because he's under threat. He's still in danger. It is Vincenzo Scotti who asked him to manage the dinner with Papadopoulos. His friends at Link Camp Campus organized him uh, a place outside of Rome to hide in November, December, and have been in contact with him. So, first and foremost, who the heck is, uh, what was that, Vincenzo, Vincenzo. Scotti? Which sounds like a, an amalgamation between an Italian and a Scottish guy, but that's beyond. Uh, mm-hmm. That's another story. Um, and what is this link ca- uh, campus that they're talking about that's paying for wherever he's staying? Well, Vincenzo Scotti is very, very interesting. This is when I said it starts getting kind of confusing, and you need you totally need Glenn to explain something like this. But um, Vincenzo Scotti is he's a former Italian minister of the interior. He was also the, uh, the former Italian minister of foreign affairs. Uh, he worked right along with the Italian intelligence apparatus. In fact, he was uh, kind of ran out of the government because he was caught with the intelligence chief embezzling money so they could do an off-the-record black ops program for their version of the CIA.
0: Oh, good.
2: So, yeah, th- this this guy's a little bit out there, but he's heavily connected in Western intelligence. Well, Mifsud and Vincenzo Scotti were best buds. They got together, and they made this. Uh, they made this uh, university, the Link Camp uh, Campus University, and one of their master's programs is a Masters of um, Intelligence and Security. Now, they pretty much every single intelligence agency in the world. If you're like part of NATO, they they have conferences. They go and hang out. They they they're, they the uh, FBI, CIA, they send uh, their agents over there to learn and to also give. Uh, uh, speeches themselves at, at this university. It's a very, very weird place. In 2004, the CIA got together and partnered with Link Campus University to do a conference there where other um, intelligence professionals from MI6, places like that, or uh, organizations like that, showed up. The deputy director of the CIA was there personally. Um, there's more Western intelligence connections to Joseph Massoud than there are Russian intelligence com- connections to Massoud. In fact, I, I looked at him. The Russian connections to Mifsud are so mundane. They're absolutely mundane. The, the meetings that um, that Papadopoulos said that he was working through with this guy to, to reach out to to some of the Russians, they all, they were all stupid, and none of them worked. Like, the one where uh, Mifsud said, "Yes, yeah, totally speak to this girl. She's Vladimir Putin's niece. No, she wasn't. He had no idea. A guy that had extensive Russian connections would know who Vladimir Putin's niece is. Mm-hmm. Especially if he was setting her up, he'd be... It was pretty obvious that this guy was completely incompetent in terms of Russia. Um, there was another one where Massoud supposedly was going to set him up with a Russian ambassador. Never happened. Again, he set him up with somebody else that said, hey, just why don't you go to the Russian embassy and ask them, basically. That that was the extent of the Russian connections. He, it, the only people that he really wor- uh, reached out to were um, people in the academic field in Russia. And that was, again, kind of like a collaboration to try and spread, their uh, get a branch of their university in Russia, which... Never happened, probably because they knew how infested it was with Western Western intelligence people. Um, this this link campus university is one of, is, is is like crazy crazy shady. Um, Joseph Massouds also has a, 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 a I've
0: got about a minute here
2: has a relationship I almost done. Almost has a re, also has a relationship with the State Department. The State Department invited him over to the United States to speak at a conference. So I'll boil it all down to this: so either the CIA, the FBI, the State Department. High echelons within, within the U.S. government. Either they just didn't know that this guy was kind of like a Russian spy or they were using him for something else. It's got to be either one. Either they were incompetent and they, all, and they should answer to that or they have to explain why the person they were working with was the one that dumped this information and said, Hey, uh, the Russians who I've been talking to have all, have all this information just so you know, yeah, just so you might want to use it. So we should redo the Russian investigation.
0: Yes! Mueller 2! Mueller
2: 2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, what I'm saying is, no. Spygate might actually be a thing. I mean, I thought this was just completely tinfoil stuff. But I'm telling you, there's something very, very shady going on with this guy.
0: And if you go and look at Papadopoulos' Twitter, I know we talked about this this morning, he is saying some really interesting things that kind of give credibility to what you're saying, Jason. And he is like, release the FISA warrant. Let everyone see what is in there because they were doing all of these shady things. And I want the American public to know. I mean, that would go into exactly what you're saying.
2: My opinion on Papadopoulos is he's a braggadocious, like, trying to make himself bigger than he is. They identified him as that. And they just started feeding him information they knew it would filter back.
0: Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. Thank you once again, Alex Jones. <laughs> Andrew, something's off with Andrew Heaton. What's, Hello. What's your uh, What's your latest
3: episode? We about? had a really cool episode on bail bonds because I'm afraid I might get arrested. And, uh, what are you doing? I, a lot of things. I have a very vibrant social life and I have a lot of pranks that go off the rails. And so uh, I brought on a comedian attorney <laughs> Uh, this, or I should clarify, I brought in an attorney who does stand up. Okay. It's not its not someone that like, it's not Matlock, but funny. Okay. Uh, although something approximate. We talked about Bell, because I think there's some weird stuff going on right there, and uh, there's ways to fix it, so.
0: Huh, all right. Something's off with Andrew yeah. Heaton, you can get it at Blaze TV and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And we are going into overtime. Go to Blaze TV so you can m- don't miss it, it starts now.
1: Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at BlazeTV.com. All
0: right, Andrew, uh, what's going on in Utah? Hey,
3: uh, the county commissioner of Utah, Utah County, came out as gay. Here's why I want to talk about this, a couple of reasons. Um, his name is Nathan Ivies. Uh, he came out of the closet, he's been, I think he's 40, so he's presumably been gay his whole life, mm-hmm. uh, but, but has been in the closet for the last 20 years because he's been married about that long. Uh, oh. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Came out, uh, and I, I, I think they're still friends and all that. I don't know what's happening. But the two things that I, I thought were interesting about this is one, he's he's a Republican, and he's staying a Republican, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good development. Uh, I'm I'm an independent, but I do not think it's a good thing for there to be um, groups that are completely isolated, homogeneously in any political party. I think that um, your sexual identity really doesn't need to be connected to what you think about, like say, defense strategy right. or right. Uh, minimum wage. I don't see a direct connection there. Um, so I like that. I'm glad that he's doing that, and it seems to be generally um, positive responses that he's getting in Utah, which I also think is good. Um, we're we're at a point now, I think, where the the vast majority of Republicans are at a point of you're gay, like all right, either like yay or uh, I don't care, which I think is a really healthy place to be. Um, and I'll make a, a further prediction. I think this is going to happen over the course of my lifetime. I think we're going to see the rise of socially conservative gay people. Mm-hmm. Here's what I mean by that. Um, for the last 20, 30 years, there's been a big culture war. You know, they're, they're of, I think both parties actually have pretty bad records treating gay people, but Republicans were more openly hostile in the 90s, right? So a lot of gay people were Democrats. You didn't see as many in the Republican Party. But when I talk to people like in Oklahoma that are Methodists that have like five kids, like they're very concerned about family values. Mm-hmm. They're very concerned about like God more so than I am. Um, and so it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, over the next few years you actually start seeing this phenomenon of someone who's gay but like a very dedicated family man uh, and uh, big about God, patriotism, patriotism and everything else. And, uh,
0: yeah, one of, my, um, one of my very good friends is, is gay and, you know, she's conservative. She goes to church, mm-hmm. um, so I do think. I mean, I think it, we're already starting to see it. I think yeah. it's just going to become more and more um,
2: prevalent. Conservatives had a golden opportunity um, to get the LGBT community on their side uh, with the uh, uh, with the marriage issue. Mm-hmm. It, w- it was perfect. They lost. Everyone, pretty much, at that point, anyone that would have still would have hung out on their side. And it was a golden opportunity, because if they would have stuck to you know, their limited government you know, foundation, they completely would have won the argument. All they had to say was, you know, they, they, they could even come out and say, look, well, yeah, you know, like, so they could say, I'm Christian, so I personally, like, I, I, you, know, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't agree with the lifestyle. I'm not judging you, whatever. Um, but as far as marriage is concerned, look, the government's not supposed to be involved in marriage, mm-hmm.
1: period. Mm-hmm. That's all they had to say. That's all they had to say. Boom, you win the argument. That's it. I mean, if George Washington and Abraham Lincoln can both get married without marriage licenses. I think it's good for everybody. <laughs> I do not need a license. Is not a gift from the government to, to to you know give you a shine of their approval. It is a way to control. I mean, it was really implemented largely in the United States to keep black people and white people from marrying each other. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a fascinating history, actually. Um, and I and like I, that's the way it should be. Like I, I I take nothing, no value in my marriage because my selectman no, you know approved it. Like yeah. that is not. That, that, I I don't know how that got into i mean i do don't unfortunately know how it got into into the mainstream and it was really largely a progressive era sort of situation where they wanted to keep blacks and whites from getting married And it's been used for different things over the years various ways to control marriage but again it is control and then now you even see it as it's like a, well it's our way of giving certain tax benefits or tax punishments depending on how you look at them mm-hmm. none of that should be involved like that should have nothing to do with it i mean i think there is a you know, what, what's, what are the important parts of a relationship? Your relationship with the other person, your relationship, you could say, with your family, how it relates to the family, how it relates to your church. But no one says to their government. I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's sad because they, we, we inflated this importance of the marriage license. And, you know, I, I feel like there are so many – there's so much – I kept saying to him, I have a friend uh, as well, who very close friend who's gay, and he's I would say he's conservative. He's a huge Second Amendment guy, like way, like he's gun crazy. I love him, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I I kept saying to him, like it just seems like you're going to be really disappointed when you get this. It's like not that great. Like I like our, like I I take no value from the state's approval of my marriage. None. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with my life at all. The only thing is I have to just have it. The only thing is like okay, well. There are legal things like if I were to die, like things should be passed over to the right person. But a lot of that can be done contractually and would be done contractually if not for the way it's set up. Practice.
0: And I mean, if they're letting people like Glenn Beck sign my marriage license, <laughs> a, how serious are they?
2: It's such a tragic like fail that we have nobody in the GOP that can act, you know, effectively communicate our values and principles. Mm-hmm. We have none. Yeah, I mean, just imagine how much of a win that would have would have been if they would have said, "Look, you know, we want to we want to ensure your rights are never infringed on ever again." Yeah. So that's really why well, we're campaigning to get this out well, of the so government. You, period.
3: You, you, you've got a good proponent who's dead, and a and a, a, a living proponent who's gone. Barry Goldwater, to his credit, I mean, Barry Goldwater yeah. was the standard bearer for the Republican Party and was a big proponent of gay rights. And he, he actually he ended up leaving the Republican Party later in life because he he was really bothered by the religious right taking it over and and trampling on individual freedom. Um, you. Jump ahead, I think fairly cynically, George W. Bush, when he was running for re-election, was like, you know, how can we really get people to turn up? And that's why we had um, uh, amendments to the Constitution of, of, you know, clarifying marriage at a federal level. Yeah. It was just was a... a big
1: Karl Rove strategy. Yeah, which, was,
3: which was just how it's do small. we get people to turn up and vote, even though it wouldn't happen. We just wanted to get them... Turn, but, but doing that, I think I think that, like, prior... I mean, you still had
1: log cabin Republicans at that point, yeah. but they've been declining ever since then. I mean, and to be fair, too, Obama and Clinton both came out and did the exact same thing. Yeah. They all said they were for traditional yeah. marriage and blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it was a it's it was there just I think like there's honestly a, a pretty natural, I think, um, closeness between, uh, you know, where gay people should be and, and the conservative positions. I mean, like people who have been trampled on by large governments mm-hmm. should favor small governments. You know, like I feel like that's a really natural thing, and you know, you know, not to mention, like you know, you go obviously, like there are when you talk about like family size and and, and demographics, like they're largely that you're gonna you're gonna see people with uh, who you know um, statistically are gonna have less children, obviously, uh, but also like you know like more uh, disposable income, people who are very concerned about, they're usually professionals, and they I mean you know we're talking in broad strokes here, but like people who are. Business friendly, I would say, like, I mean, like, there's been profiles written of, you know, the gay community as a whole. And outside of some of certain social issues, they align pretty well with Republicans and Republican policies and priorities. Um, so it is, I think, a missed opportunity uh, there. And I, you know, politically, um, but just it also just whether it's missed opportunity or not politically just do the right thing when you think it's the right thing. Don't it, the cynic, the cynical nature of politics is Winds up always putting you in these wrong positions. That probably it felt great in 2004 when you had more people coming to the polls and you squeak out an election. However, you know, multiple years later, I mean, it you know it doesn't. You probably didn't do the right thing, and also. You probably have cost yourself in the long run, and not just politically. I mean, it's
2: a huge political loss, mm-hmm. but also a, an actual chance to scale back the size of the government. Mm-hmm. And they blew it, mm-hmm. and they would never. It, yeah, that, if, if the GOP had said, "We just want it to be contracts. We don't even want. We don't. We don't want to be in, in the bedroom at all." That would have been a huge like. That would huge, yeah. right? And it, it would completely. That would have completely changed how they view the right at that yeah,
3: point. It, it would either be the 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 government light. Well, even then, the the, the Democratic Party as a whole was not pro gay at that time, as you point out, uh, mm-hmm. Obama and uh, Obama came late to the game, Hillary Clinton came late to the game, but the perception was you'd have the the pro-gay party and the mind your own business party, mm-hmm. which would be a very different dynamic than, yeah. than right now where the perception is the pro-gay and the anti-gay, We're formerly anti-gay. Sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, yesterday's poll, did you watch Robert Francis's town hall on CNN Ooh, last
1: night. 99% yes. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: Shockingly, no. Wow. 68% said no. But then you also have to add in third, the 31% who said who. Oh, I, well, that's an unfair...
3: <laughs> Who's the 1%? Is that Mitch? Hey, Mitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's an unfair poll, though, because uh, who would know what Beto is? His name is Robert Francis. I know. So how would you even know?
0: <laughs> it's very confusing. It's very confusing. <laughs> uh, and then today's poll, who are the real leaders of the Democratic Party, Pelosi and Schumer or a... Omar and Tlaib. I mean, Pelosi is the leader on paper.
1: Yeah, and and the the energy is definitely on the other side of that, but I still think Pelosi is in control at the moment. Don't, Don't confuse noise with power.
0: Yeah. Right. 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 All right. We're all in agreement here. Let us know what you think at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. We'll see you tomorrow.